Welcome to the Nonprofit Exchange Podcast. Stories by leaders for leaders to help you raise the bar on your own excellence to release the potential inside of you. Now, here's today's podcast. Greetings, the Nonprofit Exchange live today. It's Hugh and Russell. Russell, how you doing today? It's another beautiful day in the neighborhood. Russell is in Denver, and I'm in uh, I'm in New York. Uh, Cheryl just moved to Lynchburg, Virginia. It's a new new place for me, just kind of getting settled here. And Cheryl Snap Connor, uh, who has Snap Connor PR agency, and she's been on the podcast before, talking about how important it is to let people know about your organization. That's that's PR publicity. Today, Cheryl's going to talk about her. Her other venture, which is so essential to the work we do, is Content University. Cheryl, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Well, it's always so great when you're here. We met in, uh, what, 2013? It was December. December of 2013. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. It's been a little while ago. You spent an hour with me, and then you wrote this article for Forbes that just nailed what I do. And um, you have the ability to listen and put things in a context and to create this written document that explains it. Um, so I just, I love reading your stuff. It's so well done. So thank you for spending time with us today. Thank you. Glad to be here. So, so let's talk a little bit, tell people a little bit about Cheryl. Um, I, I hate reading bios of people. I'd like you to say, this is who I am, and here is my superpower. I know a little bit about your superpower, but let's let's also talk about why you created Content University. Okay. Well, I live to communicate, and that's a good thing to live for because it's, in my opinion, everything. All of our businesses, everything we do, without solid communications, it couldn't exist. It's the currency that makes everything go. And from the very beginning of my PR career, which I happened into, and I think I've done pretty well, but from the start, my instincts told me that we needed not so much hype and promotion, but better education and value add. And now the research is backing us up. In fact, I'm very excited about some research that just emerged out of New York that proves that at least in consumer sales, if you publish an educational article about a topic, Customers are 131%. That is a true number. More inclined to buy after they read the article. They trust you more. They have a more positive brand association. And you would think that they would forget that pretty quickly. Not so. A week later, the scores are even higher. So that really nails it, that people get worried about giving away the farm by sharing value-add information with people who aren't customers. Just the opposite is true. So that's why Content University. Everybody needs to communicate and to educate on the things they're expert about, and that's where we can help. It is such a fundamental skill. Now, I'm, I'm on this podcast with two people. I don't, you may not know that Russell is a very good writer. I just write because I have a message, and then I have an editor who helps fix it for me, make it look better. But you guys are very skilled at putting words together that are very, very meaningful. And in 31 years of working with charities, I work with some charity every week somewhere in the country. 
helping them build out their system, their strategy, building their boards and their teams. And I find that the, the communication in 31 years, communication has never failed to come up as a problem or an issue. And I found that they don't really, they talk about it, but they don't really do anything about it. And here, this is on a platter, silver platter. Here is something concrete, concrete that you can do. Now, Content University sounds sort of academic. So talk about that phase of it. Is, is it, is it uh, how difficult is it to learn how to write better? Uh, not difficult at all, but interesting you mentioned the academic because it is an academic who helped develop the curriculum with me. Tom Post, 17 years at Forbes, also has background at Fortune, Newsweek, Success Magazine, ABC World News Tonight. He is the editor at Forbes that I have been writing for or have been writing for for four years when that company, when Forbes took in its majority investment and moved headquarters, he jumped into the entrepreneurial arena and we're very fortunate, joined us and really was the co-developer of this curriculum. He is also has a PhD from Berkeley and taught English literature at Berkeley. But when I asked him about the thing that he loves most about what he's done as an award-winning traditional journalist, he said, it's working with the entrepreneurs, with the writers, with the people who contribute teaching them how to do what they do better, which is just a joy. We see so many people who are not aware of what constitutes the value-add information they have, and even when they figure it out, are not sure what to do with it. So all of that is something that, that really gets us up in the morning. We actually, Russell, you could even hold it up. We developed a video book of our curriculum. So all of that is there for anyone who participates, but we've also got Content University up as and, and to your point, Hugh, on it as an email course, that's just for people's convenience, that your email inbox can deliver you a short lesson that you can listen to, watch at your convenience. So we want to make it as easy as possible to do something because it's not that hard. And we see people getting great, great returns for publishing even a little bit. So that's just something to bear in mind. What kind of results have, speak a little more about that, because I'm a, okay. I like to hear stories. So tell us, you have a couple of stories. What, what have people done with this? Um, actually, people have published on things as simple as LinkedIn. When LinkedIn opened its publishing platform, it's not as easy to get instant results as it was at the start because a lot of people jumped in and did a good job, or even if they did a mediocre job, this is something new that company executives have published something and in 30 days garnered three partnerships. If you can imagine what that would do, there are some companies who are publishing just on LinkedIn and are measuring it by metrics the same as they use for their direct marketing campaigns, for their email campaigns and outreach. 5,000 contacts, what happens, how many touch points. It's really, really interesting that when somebody engages with you on LinkedIn, they want to have a real conversation. They're halfway down the buying process. Whereas if they saw you published on Forbes, which is, that has its own purpose. That's a credibility marker. You certainly can't self-promote while you're up there. Although on something like LinkedIn, you could leave a call to action and just say, I've got this book. I've got this thing that you can get for free. Here's how to engage further. Here's how to subscribe. If they go to Forbes, they're going to feel self-conscious. They have to register on the platform, and the comment is going to be something like, nice job, thank you. 
where if they go to you on LinkedIn, they're in a dialogue. They're ready to rock and roll. So, so that's kind of an interesting perspective. But one more anecdote that I love. A company here in Salt Lake City that went public, the new global VP of communication came in and uh, realized to both her delight and her chagrin that the sales VPs had been going rogue. They'd been publishing on LinkedIn because it works, because they were closing sales from it. So thinking about the um, just the policy, the SEC rules that they now had to meet, and the use of these guys' time that they don't want to have to reinvent every wheel, and the aspect of having them be consistent when they're going out. So you know, she had to quickly backpedal and wrap her arms around this situation because they were just going. They're salespeople, and they they knew what worked, so they were just going to do it. So I love that. That you know, if you're a salesperson and you're motivated and you know what's going to make your revenue work, you know that's that's exactly what you need to consider. Give them some help. Get a little bit of training on what can I do, what can I not do, what will have the SAC at my door. So um, a little bit of those things. Everybody's got some expertise others want to know about, but just learning what to do with it can make a world of difference. I want to clarify a couple of things, and I, you um, had a couple of things you inserted there I want to highlight. The SEC is one of them, but I'd like to uh, point out to our listeners, we promoted that we'd have um, some other panelists today, and um, Corey uh, Dyer could not make it. They had a conflict, could not make it, so we'll do another session on driving traffic, which is really good. You've, you've stepped up. We can focus on the content piece, which in my experience is a big, big need. You spoke about writing within guidelines and people that are in business raising money. There's a real strict guideline that the Securities and Exchange Commission, SEC, will hold you accountable for. Now, on the nonprofit side, we don't deal with that because we're not selling equity, but we are raising money through donations. And there's this thing called the IRS, and there are strict guidelines. So we really can't do in our promotion called action. We can say for more information, like on NPR or PBS, you see Viking Cruises. For more information, go to Viking Cruises. But they've, they've been very good at talking about the benefit of what they have. And we, in the, in the, we, we think the word nonprofit and we dumb down. We think we, don't have, we can't make profit when really, how are we going to pay the bills? How are we going to do our work? How are we going to pay salaries if we don't have a profit? So we're attracting the funding because we've defined the value we bring to the world. And, and so part of what, what I'm helping people realize is there's a shift in paradigm which means we've got to be very skilled at defining the value proposition. There are 4 million 501-somethings or ex-exempt organizations, whether they're educational or religious or associations or community or foundations or whatever. There are a whole lot of organizations, and many, many of them are operating below the profit line, and they really can't fully access the, the money to execute their, their, their mission completely. And Cheryl, I think the big part of it is they haven't focused on creating content that connects with people. Right. Um, what do you think? I, I so agree that there are aspects of what all of them do that people are fascinated about, especially where it has a bigger agenda and mission. 
that if people know that and know what they can do, but in an appropriate way, like you say, you need to know in your sector, what are the boundaries that you need to commit to and meet, make certain you do that. But there are interesting things like case studies about what's happening with the programs, when they are executed, what kind of a difference, what should people know about how to participate most efficiently, most effectively, what, what are the best things that they could do if they could just do a little bit, where would they begin? A lot of those things that are, are interesting or what, what kind of difference. For example, um, there's one here locally, a company called Even Stevens. You may have heard of them. That for each sandwich somebody orders at this fast casual restaurant, a sandwich of equal value is provided for the hungry. And this individual, he completely rewrote the rules because you think, well, fast food and, or casual dining, they run on such a small margin. That's not even possible. They had to completely rethink and redo the paradigm, but they were able to make it work. And that small contribution has been able to fund the local YMCA with all of its food needs. That means that the YMCA's other contributions can go to other purposes. They don't have to go to food because that urgent priority has been covered just through this restaurant. Now, if people know that, that would make a big difference. And maybe they don't need to contribute anything. Maybe they just need to patronize that restaurant or think about what they could do in their own business model to, to equate to those principles. That's fascinating to anyone. That's not like a sales pitch or a please donate. It doesn't violate any rules to share that kind of information. Absolutely. And, and Cheryl, there are so many organizations that do such good work and they don't tell anybody. Right. Right. <laughs> so, but there are ways that aren't bragging. They just let people celebrate with them and let them know how they can learn and how they can get involved. There's a real, there's a real synergy in content you and what I do in strategic planning. We call it a solution map. And Russell is a wayfinder in, in Center Vision. I'm going to give him some air time in just a second so he can ask you some really hard questions. He likes to come up with hard questions for our guests. <laughs> but but um, we, we constantly experience this thing of the executive says, or the pastor or the rabbi or the, the executive of the, like a chamber as a, as, a, as a membership organization. They say, I don't have time or I'm not really a writer. And so what's your advice to people like that? Should they appoint or recruit somebody that manages communications? or should they try to learn themselves? Well, uh, potentially either or both, because we're finding so many people have a message, but they're embarrassed, or they think they can't do it, but there's a hidden bucket list wish to try. And so there are ways that they can test their hand, become more effective, so they don't have to be embarrassed. Now, they may still decide at the end of that that, you know, it's not the best use of my own time, but for having taken the training, they would become far better resources or collaborators with whoever they choose to fulfill that function because now they're speaking from the same page. They've got the same agenda. Things will go far better after they've been trained, even if they choose to have someone else partner with them after that training occurs. Those are, those are good words. I'm going to ask you in a minute about kind of walk through the experience, but Russell, um, what do you got to ask our guests? Well, again, thank you for being here. And uh, I've, I've got this course myself and I started using it. I think I picked it up right when you launched it. 
and started using it and uh, got a little bit more clarity to my writing. So it's been very helpful. And Yay! What I would, and there, there are some things, I was sitting here just thinking of some things that make up good content. So for our audience, and by the way, you know, I know that Hugh mentioned how modest a lot of nonprofits are. You get people that are social workers, they think, well, I don't want to be bragging. It's celebrating, not bragging. Mm -hmm. So if you look at talking about the good things you do in terms of celebrating and not bragging, you, you'll be there. But, but tell the audience a little bit about some of the things that make up good content. And I can throw my list out later, okay. but I think I learned some of these. Well, the things, uh, uh, in a nutshell, and I think it's the same thing that I would tell somebody if they were going to publish in Harvard Business Review, tell me something I didn't know and wouldn't have guessed, and then prove it. So uh, that might be anecdotes about people who've been in your program. How did they get there? What happened when they got there? And what are they doing now as a result? And how could I do something similar or get involved? That would meet all of those criteria. And it's not bragging at all. But you might give a summary statement that said, here's where we are. We've got an aggressive agenda to do this much for this many people. Here's where we are on that scale so far. And if you'd like to join in, here are the ways that you could. So it's not an overt pitch. It's not a sale. But anything that you know that others, it might be as simple as um, you're a plumber. And you tell somebody how to unstop their own drain. And there are plumbers who back up and say, I'll never get any business if I tell people how to unplug their own drain. But mm -hmm. the reverse is true. You can tell people the things you hope they do. For example, my plumber says, oh, please tell me you didn't pour liquid plumber down that drain. That's the worst thing you could have done. Just giving people that much education and say, did you know the thing that you would have thought was the obvious solution? actually is corroding your drains and making things worse, so don't do it. Mm -hmm. So, uh, you know, think about the things that people would love to know that would surprise them, that they can do something about, and you become the trusted source that they'll turn to from then on. Or they'll turn back because they know that they're going to get something that they consider interesting or of value. So, who needs Content University. And by the way, it's contentuniversity.com, right? Yes, it is. Um, I'd say fairly well everyone, but the need is going to be at different levels. If you own a business, you need it. If you lead an organization, you need it. If you need a following so that you've got a tribe, an audience, people that when you when the day comes that you publish something really important and you tag it, they'll have familiarity with you and know who you are and be more inclined to act when that date of emergency or urgent opportunity comes. So on that level, everyone does, but they'll be utilizing it on, on different kind of agendas and levels. If, if you're in an organization, it's easy to say everyone in your organization needs it, but in, in that kind of a situation, you should adopt some of the principles of employee advocacy which means that the people who would really like to participate for a number of reasons, because it helps them advance in their career, it helps the company advance, it helps them sell more, but they, they get invited and uh, given a specific training that includes some, some boundaries or guidelines or some, some efficiency of scale that they can use. So, so that 
in, in essence, it's everybody, but that's a qualified everybody. Different needs for, for where you are and your purpose in your organization. So places that people need really good content. We talked about, you talked about LinkedIn, mm -hmm. um, brochures, uh, annual reports, presentations. We, we make donor presentations. We make Absolutely. presentations for new board members. What are some places that people need to rethink having really good content? Well, the magazines that speak to your niche interest or your associations, every association is desperate for worthy material. You could provide that. And then if you do it with their permission and appropriate linkage, you could share it elsewhere as well. Just make certain that you're following their rules. Um, blogs, it's surprising the whole thing about educative material. I read and actually wrote in Forbes about a case study on um, Chargrill. I had not really thought about it, but if the, the whole outside grill industry took a big hit in the recession, understandably so. New grills were the things people put on the last burner, so to speak, of their buying agenda. So uh, that company was one who very astutely realized if people tend to buy a grill every four to eight years, we don't dare wait until that four to eight years has come up to reach out to them. We need to be their resource in between and all of the time. And so they started publishing tips, recipes, things to make your out, outdoor grilling come out better. And even just putting that on their company blogs, or if they email out, making it that material, not screaming sales headlines, huge, huge, huge change for the better. For them, it, it, they gained 2% market share in a market that was stagnant. Oh my goodness. Double digit growth in a terrible sector. Yeah. There's a lesson here for nonprofits. Um, in every community, I, I've worked all over the country, as you may know, and uh, every community, the nonprofits say, well, everybody's raising money from the same donors. So they've got this, we, we want to get a bigger piece of the pie. Well, instead of looking at making a bigger pie and being more compelling in the message and, and looking at new relationships, they're, they're dumbing down. And that's, that's part of the scarcity thinking that starts with thinking nonprofit. I can't do things when really we can do things. So, so there's, to me, there's a direct correlation in being able to have a compelling message and attracting people who want to support you either by serving uh, and giving their time, their talent, and their money, uh, because their money is going to provide really good results. So we don't talk about why it's important, I think, and we don't talk about the impact, which is the piece that you just were talking about. The um, the company that prints nonprofit performance magazine is really a mailing house, and to your point, they work with charities doing regular mailing. And here's a good place that there's a convergence of leadership and strategy and content you. They need to create a message that's regular. So it's the rhythm of the message. You don't just send them a message at the end of the year and say, hey, donate again. Well, what have you been doing with my money, to your point? So we talk to them about the impact of the work before we ask about money. So it's the rhythm, the right person, and the right message. So it's 30% each of those and only 10% the design work. And actually, if we have a fancy design in, in the nonprofit world, it works against you. 
because people think you're being frivolous with their money. So the, the right message. So does that, that, that whole scenario make sense to you? Yes. Yes, absolutely. It does. And in fact, here's an example of something that might just rock the universe of your audience's world. If the ways people can participate with you influence their marketing outcomes, that's an entirely different budget than their give back budget. So think that through. That's a way, you know, every company pretty much knows they, they need to be doing some give back in some way. It's just part of what their employees and their customers expect. But if there are ways for people to participate out of their marketing budget, for example, if they could sponsor you in a way that they get visibility for the likes and the shares and the sharing of message, they're compelling more people than the people who are able to contribute some money, like buying the Even Steven sandwich, and they get a marketing benefit. So there's another budget they can tap. Pretty interesting, huh? It is. That's in the realm of sponsorship, and that's a whole area that people don't tap enough because I, what you're pointing out is there's a win-win. If you've got a good brand doing good work, then why wouldn't a company want to be associated with your brand? Right. It's their marketing benefit. And so if you can demonstrate that for them, that's a bigger pie. Nobody's touched that very effectively yet. No, no. And it's, it's, a, it's, it's a great area to tap. It's a win-win. So, Russell, you went through the program. What was your experience like? Well, I was surprised at just going through it. You don't just sit through lectures. You actually, uh, you go over some concepts and then you actually get your typewriter, your notebook, or your pen or whatever you prefer, and you start breaking pieces down. And it shows you step by step by step how to create a compelling piece of content. It's practical hands-on. There was a lot of stop-start, so I had to keep charging my impact card. But it builds. The knowledge is foundational. One step builds on the other, and it's really practical. You don't need university degrees to do this. You know, it's step-by-step, step, and it shows you how to make your content more actionable. And so it's very, very practical, and it's something that would be good for every nonprofit secret weapon, your servant leaders or volunteers is more, more widely known, but your servant leaders are your secret weapon. And so when you provide a development opportunity for them and just showing them this is a method that's easy to access, understand, and use. And those are three things for anything. Uh, and Content University meets all three of those with flying colors and gives you a method. And once you learn that method, it's about practicing and continuing to use it. And it's, it's pretty powerful stuff. So I would I recommend it highly. I thought it was uh, uh, sold for a lot less than it's actually worth. But it's, it's valuable. And that's a word that nonprofits don't use is the word value. Because that's what you're providing. It's like any other enterprise to start it. You're out there providing value. Now, everybody defines that a little bit differently. But with a course like Content University, you'll be able to speak to your donors. You'll speak to your servant leaders. You'll speak to the people that are supporting your programs in, in a way that resonates with them. And language is everything. So... Uh, not just any language, but the right language to get your message out 
and do it in a way that draws people to you. Well, Cheryl, what do you think of that? Well, I'm so glad I know you, Russell, and I'm glad we get to collaborate and work on projects together. If I haven't mentioned that lately, I should. So thank you. <laughs> and the, the, the thing about this, when you when you sign up for this course, and I've, I've got the impact card is something you can take with you as you're traveling, but this is all i keep this right by my desk and so it's a good handy reference i can it's indexed i can pop right in there and go through things everything's refresher i've got so many books around here books and other reference material i can hardly move i don't think people need more information they need people like us that can help them make sense of it but this is, I, I keep this right by my desk when I'm, I'm looking at putting something together. And it's a great handy reference. It's something you can go back to again and again and again. And it's a valuable tool because a lot of people that want to work with nonprofits, you may not have a big bucks for budget, but you can recognize people and you can, uh, you can get access to different types of training because a lot of people volunteer, they look at the development opportunities. So it's important to ask people what they want. Mm -hmm. And this is something they, they can improve their communication skill. Everybody can always improve at communication. So I, I think it's a pretty cool tool among others. I like my tech, I've got gadgets here. I don't really have the, that great a memory, but what I tell people when they make funny remarks about my memory is I lean forward and say, this is a processor, not a storage unit. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> you know, it, it might be fun to note, Russell, we've now imported all of that material online. So when people sign up for the course through email, one of those video segments is coming with each week's lesson. I give the entry information that gives people the golden nuggets about here's what you're going to do with it this week to let, generate some lead here's your goal here are some anecdotes about people who've done that and how they've leveraged that and then we're also including the audio files so if somebody wants to just listen and not need to view the video segments they've got that option as well and and it's just there so if you missed a week It'll be there in archive. If next time you enter the program, it's there and you can listen to it at your convenience. Great. Of course, you wouldn't need a web connection and you don't need a web connection for that, that device you're holding. <laughs> we live, we live and die by the web, don't we? Um, people are hanging in there. People are hanging in there on the webcast and the, uh, and the Facebook. So if you have questions, those of you that are on the webinar, there's a, there's a Q and a button. You move your, your, cursor over the window of the picture and there's a Q&A if you want to ask Carol a question. Um, and meanwhile, or, or on Facebook, just post it in the, the box there. And um, if you're listening to the podcast after the fact, go to uh, the nonprofitexchange.org and there's a place there that you can find this episode and the transcript for this ex episode. Um, uh, Kate Limburg does our transcriptions and they're done quite well. You know her. Um, She's great. Oh yeah, and so we will um, have the links for you and, and all of these great tips. So Cheryl, um, while they're thinking of questions, if they sometimes we have no questions, which is fine. Um, this sounds like a couple of things. People listen to all of this and they say, "Oh my, sounds like a lot of work." So I want to address that. And so talk people through, talk us through what's the experience like. You know, it's not Russell took it under. You know, Russell's very systematic. He does things. 
um, very much in sequence. And so he manages a lot of stuff. He kind of underrates his skill, but he manages a lot of things and manages them well. So talk about the experience. And then is it a good idea? We talked about the executive doing it, but could the executive that's running the organization go through it with some of their colleagues so they could create this whole culture of information. So talk about the experience and then is there a group learning dynamic that would be beneficial? Yes, we have all of those options. The least, well, the very least expensive is free. Just follow my columns on Forbes, subscribe to our Snappington Post newsletter, and there is an ebook, The Definitive Guide to Thought Leadership, on our website at snapconnor.com that you can just download. So that's available. And then I do have a Forbes ebook that is on Amazon. It would set you back all of $3.83. It is beyond PR, communicate like a champ in the digital world. So those are the least expensive ways to get this indoctrination and ideas and help. I advise everybody to do at least that. But beyond that, the email course is $1.99. That's not bad. You get the 12 sessions and can do it at your convenience. We can do workshops, and that's where you would be live or via Zoom, and we include Tom Post on that, who can answer your specific questions about your publishing needs. And then for, for companies, and in fact, the program in the first place, we developed with the needs of our enterprise customers in mind. And we can go in and spend a full day with everyone in the company, which is kind of interesting, uh, everyone who's been selected, but it would include the top executives, down to the blog writers and sometimes even the contract writers are included so that everybody is working from the same hymnal so to speak the same kinds of guidelines on on what they intend to do with the material they generate so all of those options are available but you may want to just start by following my columns or consider the email course because that's a very easy step to take um, here's a fun little note from someone else that you and I both know, Hugh. I think, Russell, you know Jason Webb as well, IP attorney. Yes. Yep. He's here in Salt Lake. His office is, is just several blocks away from ours. He came and did the one-day session with us. And the topic that he chose, because in those sessions, we actually do develop an article together live. His was how to right-size your NDA. Because being an IP attorney, that sounds like a boring, boring field of work. But he gets that question a lot. Do I need an agreement? How big an agreement? Is a handshake enough? Is 16 pages too much? How do I decide? So he wrote this article. And at the end of that day, I um, just for fun sent it to our local Utah business magazine to see what they thought. They loved it. They asked if they could have it, printed it as a full page article in their legal issue. So they had the listing of all the attorneys in, in Utah and in Salt Lake. Some of them had paid extra. They had a little highlighted feature. Then you turn two pages and there's a full page story, complete with Jason Webb's smiling, handsome mugshot. So you, you just can't buy that kind of credibility. Who wouldn't scan that article and want to know what he had to say on that topic? It's, it's just value beyond what you can accomplish by being in a listing, even by paying for advertising. So anyway, that's another fun story I like to tell as well. Great. We have a, quite a, a, a variety of people uh, listening in. Anwar's here. Hello, Anwar from Bangladesh. Um, people from around the country. Roger's in Atlanta. Sandy's in the mountains of uh, southwestern Virginia. 
Um, uh, David Dunworth says, really engaging content from Ms. Snap Connor. Really appreciate discussion. Randy Reed, thank you for sharing this valuable resource, Hugh. So people are really loving loving what you're you're sharing and the the gift of the ebook uh, snapconnor.com is an ebook on thought leadership and then your book uh, on Amazon what's the title of that book Beyond PR communicate like a champ in the digital age Oh that's a great resource everything I've read of yours is just very very good Russell um, we're kind of winding up here um, you have another question that you'd like to pose to Cheryl before we wrap up? Well, I don't have any more questions, uh, but thanks again for coming in to join us. Yeah. And, and people need to get their message out there. I will, I will probably be asking you uh, at a later date to appear on the Nonprofit Culture of Success, Ask the Experts edition which is something I do on Wednesdays. So we can have a chat about that uh, offline. Okay. Uh, and I'll be getting books. So uh, this is really great actionable content. I put, uh, I'm putting some links up in Facebook for people that want to know more uh, and where to get in and where to subscribe. And uh, so again, uh, thank you very much. And I look forward to, to chatting with you real soon. Thank you. I will as well. As, while you're thinking of a closing tip or comment, Cheryl, um, we have sponsors for Center Vision, which you mentioned, and one of our sponsors is WordSprint.com. WordSprint prints nonprofit performance magazine, but they also design programs for charities to do donor relations. So it's the content that, that you're going to teach people put into mm -hmm. a mail mail. People get actual physical mail, and it's the rhythm, and they teach you how to do it. If you have good content, you put it into their system. So wordsprint.com, you can get a free consultation from Bill Gilmer and his people. And we really, Cheryl, we really have uh, folks that we know that provide outstanding content for charities. And all they need to do is go take advantage of it. All they need to do is sound simple, doesn't it? But there's lots of really it's, <laughs> it's not nearly as hard as they think. Yeah. It, say that again. It really is simple. It is not as hard as you think. Just do it, right? Put on your Nikes and just do it. <laughs> so as we're doing a wrap up here, um, unless you, is there something we haven't covered you think we ought to talk about? Um, I'll give you a final tip, and this one is free to everybody. Go to Forbes.com, look up my name, Cheryl Connor, and the current article that is there, it's, it's featured on the Small Business Channel today, in fact is the one about that research, how to write an educative article that will make people 131% more inclined to buy. And it includes that case study about Chargrill and what they did. So you'll get the details right there, it's free. Just scan that article and you'll learn something new from today. Outstanding. And you're in demand from this world-class PR agency that you run from uh, Salt Lake City. Utah, and you're creating priceless resources through Content University. Thank you so much for being a guest on, on the Nonprofit Exchange today. Thank you so much, Hugh. I'm honored.
This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.